All right, here we go. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Final Score podcast, everyone. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. It's a great honor to welcome onto the program Chuck Foreman, Frederick High and Minnesota Vikings legend. Chuck recently learned that he would be inducted into the Ring of Honor at his college alma mater, the University of Miami, at halftime of a game against Clemson on October 21st. Uh, and Chuck will go into the Ring of Honor alongside Miami coaching greats Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson. Uh, Chuck, thanks so much for being here. When you when you learned that p- little piece of news, uh, how did you react? Well, obviously I'm very happy about it. I mean, that's my alma mater. I love the college that I played for and everything about it. So it's probably, the, to me, my the greatest honor I've ever received. Well, why, why is it the greatest honor? Well, because it's a little different. Everybody thinks the pro football thing is the more important. But these, the, the University of Miami is where I grew up for the most part as a young adult, where I learned the craft to play football, where I learned all the things that I needed to be successful, uh, you know, as academically, athletically. Uh, and the guys that I played football with were still friends. Um, um, unlike pro level, you know, you come, you play the season, you leave, you go where you're going to go. I'm not saying you don't have people that you know or friends, but um, for me, football and college and the people I went to school with, went to uh, class with, ate with, breakfast with, lunch, dinner with every day for four years, they're special. Yeah, what what memories stand out the most in your time at Miami? Well, I don't know if I got any one particular thing other than the fact that it was a it was a, a great experience for me and for a lot of different reasons we were integrating the university of miami at the time the athletic department athletic program the president of the school was was somebody that was very very um you know open to all the things that we needed to do to make the program what it needed to be dr henry king stanford the coaches down there i mean I'm not saying it was perfect, but I'm saying it was it was great for me. In what ways do you think your time at Miami, Chuck, impacted your football career and your life the most? Um, well, look, I can just say this about college, and I don't know how everybody else speaks to it. Uh, those guys that I played football with and went to school with, they, they were family. And... Um, all the things that we encountered when we were there, we worked out ourselves as young men. Uh, you know, the study habits, which, you know, the commitments that you had to make to be the best that you can be in classroom and out. Uh, it it helps you later on in life. At Frederick Highchuck, you were a star athlete in football, track and field, and basketball. Uh, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I think you had more offers uh college offers for basketball than any other sport right probably yeah yeah but 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 football was your sport that's that's the one you wanted to play that was the one that i thought uh you know you know being a six two three six three four wasn't gonna hack it not that that was what i was thinking about anyway but yeah football was i thought i had a, a lot of growing in football i had a lot of talent in football and i always figured football is one of those things there uh, you know, you had to be physically ready to go and mentally ready to go. And it's, it's a commitment to that physical part that, that, that I knew I could handle. 
but but I'm curious, given that you had so many options to play sports in college, why did you choose Miami? Well, I, I actually, when I went to Miami, I mean, I went up to Penn State. Of course, Joe Paternal didn't think we were Penn State material. Oh, <laughs> I had school offers from all over. But anyway, that was funny because when I looked at the film of Penn State um, and the players they had at the time, I'm like, I don't know what he meant that we weren't Penn State material, but I knew right away I could play college football. He he said uh, he said that you weren't good enough, or it had to do with. I don't know what is, I don't know. I don't know. He said we weren't Penn State material. Okay. Whatever that meant to him, and of course we, me, myself, and a couple of guys, we, I just laughed, and we just told Coach, "We let's go on home." Do, do, do we didn't want to do anything else. And then, of course, when I was rookie of the year and all that stuff, he was at a banquet down in Baltimore, and he's, "Yeah, I was wrong about you." I'm like, "Yeah, right." So, <laughs> it's no big deal, but. So it was more. I had he, a lot of good coaches, but they gave us a lot of confidence in our abilities, and, and I had great high school football coaches, basketball coaches, and track and field. Jack Griffin, as you know, was Olympic uh, women's head women's Olympic track coach, and he he instilled a lot of things in us. But that no quit attitude and taking care of the little small things and that you had to take care of will make a difference. And he was right about that. Well, what was Paterno's statement? You're not Penn State material. Was that, was that a racial statement? No, man, it wasn't anything about racial. I, I didn't say it was racial. He, he was looking at that. He didn't think we could play. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wanted to make that distinct, distinction because I wasn't sure. Cause obviously, I mean, your, your high school career spoke for itself. Uh, no, no. Joe Paterno was a nice guy. He just, he, he was wrong about me and my ability. That's all I can say. Okay. But 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 why did you pick Miami? What what about Miami made you want to well, go I there? I picked Miami because I it was a challenge, number one. They I, I liked my when I went on my recruiting visit, it was really uh enjoyable. I liked you know the, the city of Miami and Coral Gables, the campus, the guys that I met down there. There's only two other black athletes down there. <clears throat> there was one guy named Willie. Allen, he played basketball. He was from Rockville, but I didn't meet him when I was down there. So it was all a new beginning as far as integration at the University of Miami at that time. And, uh, you know, the, the people I met when I was down there and, you know, I just thought Miami was for me. How, how did you feel about being so far away from home? I never gave it a second thought. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, it's something I never ever thought about going to Miami and being in Frederick and I don't know. I never really looked at it that way. Okay. Uh, but n n nice weather, good school, nice opportunity. I mean, nice yeah. weather, good school, nice opportunity, great, great experience. And like I said, it wasn't perfect, but you know, all the things were in place to help us if we needed it. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. Uh, you were a player that was ahead of your time in the sense that you did a little bit of everything. I mean, you ran the ball, you caught passes, you, you, you played defense. Uh, there really weren't a lot of guys back then that did everything that you did, right? No, not really. I'm not saying that they couldn't do it, but they, you know, I always look at myself as just a football player. So it didn't matter where you put me. 
I knew I was going to be able to, to, to play that position. And so I, that's how I looked at it. I didn't look at going to college and being a tight end or a defensive tackle, which I was recruited as. Uh, I guess uh, for me, being a recruit at Miami, um, maybe a secondary recruit. When I say secondary, uh, we were playing a team, I think Bel Air High School down there in Bel Air, and they were recruiting this tackle, and so they were recruiting a couple of kids down there. But, of course, after we beat them up pretty good, you know, I, I, I think I took one of those guys' scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you look back now at how unique you were as a player now, now that you've been uh, decades removed uh, from, from, from your playing days? Yeah, well, certainly did it did it different than most guys did. I could do a little, I could do every, I mean, let's put it like this. I was fortunate enough to go to Miami where they utilized me in a lot of different positions. Okay. That helped me develop a lot of skill sets that most guys didn't have wide receiver, running back, cornerback. And then, you know, with that in mind, you know, going to the all-star games when I was done being MVP in every one of them, you know, I, you know, I was real fortunate and then getting to Minnesota and and then uh, Jerry Burns and Bud Grant telling me they were going to create this offense called the purple offense. And it was a more uh, runner receiver. And Bud Grant told me uh, when he did now, you'll never get the credit that you are, that, that you deserve. He said, now you'll be the best but you're not going to be recognized as the best because you're going to do it different than everybody else. And you know what? He was right. Because when people look at me and they look at my uh, career as a football player, especially in my time, all they look at is the rushing yards from the fullback position, but they don't look at all the other stuff I did that make me the impact player that I was. So, you know, um, Probably sure it changed me a little bit, but um, it doesn't bother me one bit. I mean, it would seem to me that your value as a player has only increased over time because you did everything. I mean, you you were the hybrid player that you see so much today, and it would seem like the way right. you played football would fit seamlessly into the way the football is played today. Well, that's true. I mean, but you got to remember when I first came in, it was more of a, for lack of a better term, two yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, other than Jim Brown and a few other people that were, you know, Jim Brown was way before my time and all that, but he, even his time, the greatest of all time of any time is Jim Brown. I mean, he was, uh, you know, I mean, he could, he, he was a scat back, fullback. He was everything. I mean, probably, you know, no doubt, uh, you know, not only a great football player, a great athlete, but um, when you, in my time, you were only recognized if you were a fullback, that's how they looked at you. But for me, in my time, we changed that concept of football and opened it up for to run the runner receiver type back. Yeah. Well, but we don't get credit for it. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. So, so you're, you're a more valuable player today than you were back then, really. Like when, when you watch football today, when you, when you watch your Minnesota Vikings, how mm -hmm. often do you think yourself or even mutter to yourself, man, if I could only have a crack at today's game? Well, I mean, the today's game's not, I mean, you can get away with a lot more in today's game. I mean, 
A hold was a hold in my day. Now they hold every play. Uh, I think today's game of football is open. How can I put it? Um, you know, a receiver can catch a ball because he's not bumping and running all the way downfield. Uh, so he should catch 100 passes easy. Uh, when I played, they could bump you all the way downfield until the ball was released. So that made it a little more difficult to get open. As a running back, fullback, you know, a guy had to stay on his block. You had to get to that block, get past that block. You had to read that block. And now today, you know, it's, I don't know, there's a lot of hands-on stuff. And it's two different eras and two different types of football. That's how I only, but I don't compare my time with this time at all. You know, it's just not fair to yeah. the people this time. Right, but but it's it's kind of hard though, not 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 to think that man, I could have thrived in the, in this era of football. I mean, I I know you don't want to do any. Well, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I mean, thrived in this area. I mean, I I I think that's understandable. No question about it. Right. That I, with my skill set for sure. I I mean, that's just a no brainer there. But what I'm saying is, in my time, the time when that wasn't going on, it was the offense that we had was innovative. It was one of a kind. And that was because our coaches, my coach, like I said, Bud Grant, Jerry Burns, took advantage of what skill set I brought to the game of football. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I and I, I know uh uh I'm just saying you would be more appreciated now than 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 you were than you were. And I'm not saying you were uh weren't appreciated at all and you're not uh and and uh you don't look back on your time in the league fondly, but uh people <clears throat> people might look at you differently now than 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 they would back then. So Well, for, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you know, you got more TV, you got everything, every social media. Of course, I'd be bigger now than I was then, but I'm happy what I did then. Right. Because it was like nobody else could do it. Yep. Or we're doing it or allowed to do it, however you want to put it. But yeah, I'm not I'm not complaining one bit. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people think you belong in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, you were the 12th. Well, certainly I think I do too. Yeah. Uh, well, why, why don't you think you've gotten that call? I, I really, that's a question... You have to ask somebody else because I have no clue whatsoever yeah. why that hasn't happened. But I can just tell you this, though. I don't lose any sleep because I'm not. Uh, I was going to ask you. like, uh, Okay, so, so you know that. I'm not going to sit up here and cry about not being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Listen, I've been blessed with a great life, and football has been a major part of it in all in every phase of the game, high school, college, pros, I've, I've excelled at it in every level. And that, and I've shown, you know, what I could do on it in that, in that arena. So I really don't need anybody, anybody's affirmation to say, oh, he was, you know, he was a pretty darn good football player. I already know that. Oh yeah, just put the film on or however you want to do it. Put on, put in the, the chip or whatever you, whatever they do now. It, it's, it's documented. I don't, you know. So, I'm in a good space. I got, I got a great life. Yeah.
I mean, let, let me let me just tell the listeners that may not know uh, just a few of your accolades. Uh, you you were the twelfth overall pick in the nineteen seventy three draft by the Vikings. Uh, you were the NFL's offensive rookie of the year later that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the, over the course of an eight year professional career, you were uh, a first team All Pro selection, and you were a five time Pro Bowl selection. I mean, uh, it, it seems like you okay. were go, go ahead. missing out on some things. I got to correct you. Oh, go ahead. Okay, four times All Pro. Two-time MVP. You're yeah. missing out on that. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm just letting you know um, what you're missing out on. I don't know how, how you missed that, but, you know, you went there with it, so I got to make sure I correct no, you. No, 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 but by, by all means, please do. Uh, you know, yeah. but I just got to let you know. Yeah, right. So it's um, just not one of those. I missed a triple crown by six measly yards in 75, 76. That means the rushing, receiving, and scoring title. Yep. And it was because I didn't play the second, uh, almost the whole second half of my final game against Buffalo. So had that not happened, I would have been the first player to win the Triple Crown in NFL history back then. So, you know, like I said, I you know, when it comes to the football thing, I'm, I mean, I'm happy because I'm still uh, benefiting from what I did in the NFL. And I got I got a really special life here where I'm at and with the people I'm with. Yep. So, you know, when you break it down, the football part of my life was a very short time. You know, and the rest of the very short time when you consider the rest of your life and all the things you can do before and in between. So for me, you know, it's been, it's, it's a, it's a great ride. It's a great journey, you know, and I'm still on it. So I'm just hoping I can continue it for a while longer. Do you think you were a victim of your own success in the sense that mm-hmm. you, you, you did both the running and passing so well that, that your numbers may have fallen short of someone that only ran or only caught well, passes? My numbers never fell short. My numbers were created in a different way. So when you say fall short, that's like, okay, to me, from my perspective, you know, as I told you at the beginning of the interview, when Bud Grant and Jerry Burns came to me, they told me what was going to happen. Like you were just saying, fell short. But no, I expanded my game. Um, so I didn't fall short of anything. I mean, maybe there might be guys with more rushing yards and that, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. I don't mean your numbers were, yeah, but, and then I have a lot of yards with the receiving part of it, but here's what you did. Here's what you, you got to remember. There ain't a player in my time that had more impact plays. Yeah. Game changing plays. You know, that's how I look at it. I mean, there might've been some that had as many, but not many that had more. I guess that's how that's how I look at the football and the statistics, which you can't compare in my time to this time, and everything's uh, everybody's evaluated by that down and distance. Did you fumble the ball all the time? Did you make big mistakes when you when the when the when the game was on the line? All that stuff to me, that's how I look at a football player in my in my in my estimation when I say, okay, who's the best? Or who who's the best that I've seen, and that's how I evaluate. But that's just me. And most people evaluate a guy. 
you know, you can have 12,000 yards, but when you look at his yards gained and all that stuff, and you see, look at the statistic over here, how many fumbles did he have? Oh, you're putting the ball on the ground. What difference does it make? It, that's like, that's garbage yards. You know, I'm talking about what did you do with that, with that ball when you had it in your hands? And did you get that ball in your hands on third and short, third and long, first and long? You know, all those, the crucial parts of the game. Did you get that ball? Or, and, would you di and when you got it, what did you do with it? You see, that's how I evaluate. Now, I might go a little deeper than everybody because everybody's looking at this, that, and the other. I saw, I played with and against a lot of great, great football players. No doubt about it, you know. But I haven't seen any player in my that played my position that was better than me. Maybe some is good from a different way, from a different different way they did theirs. But nobody did it like I did it. I, I want to go back to your time at Miami. Except go ahead. Lydell Mitchell. Well, Lydell Mitchell. Lydell Mitchell with the Baltimore Colts at the time. He was a pretty complete back, too. Okay. But he didn't go outside, but I'm saying he caught a lot of passes. Yeah. Right. Um, I want to go back to your time in Miami uh, for, for a second here. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you were recruited there by a man named Charlie Tate. Is that correct? Right. Okay. Uh, but Charlie abruptly resigned uh, pretty early into your tenure there. Um, and yep. there, there was some controversy around that. Um, and then a gentleman by the name of Walt uh, Kishevsky uh, took over on an interim basis following Charlie's re resignation mm -hmm. in 1970. Uh, and then a man by the name of Fran Kersey, am I pronouncing that correctly? Right. Uh, Fran, uh, Fran Kersey took over. And Fran, uh, he wanted you to play offense. He, he, he took you off of defense and moved you to running back. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, how you, do you think that decision changed the rest of your football career and in your in well, your life really um fran had me play running back and wide receiver in fact fran told me that he didn't think i could play running back in the nfl and I, of course in my own way i laughed at him you know i just uh so but he's a good coach and all i learned a lot from fran but uh he was another one that came well you know maybe you were at the right position you know running back but it didn't matter to me um, but I did play all those positions, you know, when I got down there, coach Tate, you know, in fact, when I was a freshman, I went there as a tight end defensive tackle and we had 40 times. And of course I, and I beat the guys in the 40 and then my freshman coach, Vestra Newcomb came to me and said, Hey, listen, uh, you, you want to try to play running back? I'm like running back. I mean, I never played running. Yeah. So I did. I went back there, they threw me the ball. I just started running. And that's how it all started. And then um my sophomore year, they you know, some for some reason they moved me from running back to cornerback, back to running back, back to cornerback, back to wide receiver. They were doing all kinds of stuff. I thought they were doing it for the most part. They had nobody else to play those positions or the athlete to do it. I could do it all. That's how I looked at it. Whether that was it or not, I don't know. But when I called my father, my father said, hey, you know, go be you. And that meant go be the best that you can be. That's that's how I took it. So, but in 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 oh in, in the overall, you know, scheme of things, you know, it made me a much, much better football player. How so? Well, because I could do everything that most people couldn't do. 
my confidence level was not one that was lacking. <laughs> Let's put it like that. I told you, I my coaches in high school, I'm telling you, each one of them, whether it was Roy Comer, whether it was um, <clears throat> Adam Craven, whether it was, um, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jack Griffin, didn't matter. The one thing that they always instilled in all of us was, look, you know, don't you let anybody tell you what you can't do. And that's the way I looked at it. It's like, you can't tell me I can't do anything. And with Jack, you know, when I ran track, he told me one day I was going to run hurdles. I never knew how to run a hurdle, but he kept me out there every day for extra hours at a time until I could skim those hurdles with just a little bit, just about a half inch over that hurdle. And I asked him why he wanted me to do that. He says, because that's going to win you. That's going to win you track meets. That's going to win you. You're going to have a better form than everybody. And I ran against a lot of guys that were faster, but th th their form couldn't compete. So all those little things that I learned in Frederick from all my coaches there and went on to college and those guys there, those coaches I had there, when I got to that pro level, you know, I was a pretty good, solid football player. Yeah. I mean, you are who you are because you did everything and you did everything so well. But mm -hmm. but did you ever think, hey, man, uh, stop yanking me around and let, let me just focus on one position? No, I never thought that at all. It was kind of like a challenge for the most part. It, it was good, I, I think. I never was upset about it. I just went out there and went on out there to be the best corner when I was playing and best wide receiver when I was playing wide receiver and the best runner when I was running. That's the way I handled it. Yeah, and, and you obviously saw the value in acquiring all these skills. Right, no doubt about it. So, you know... And you know what I always thought? I always thought, because you know, when I was in high school and college too, and I'd see all these guys on TV, college football, and they were supposed to be all everything. But you know what I realized when I got to college, well, even in high school, you know, a lot of that stuff is hype. And it depends on who, what school you're playing for. I played with, I played against guys and was in all-star games and guys from USC, from UCLA, Oklahoma, Texas, all the big time school. And I just like, when you read about them and you see them, you say, wow, they, man, they are really, until you get there and you're around them. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can play with these guys, you know, because most of it's hype. So when I see guys and they get all this hype on TV, I mean, there's some great ones now. Don't misunderstand me. But you, for the ones that you see succeed, there's like five of them that don't because they're missing something. So, you know, I, you know, like I said, I, I come from a town where I don't know how many Olympians, Olympians we've had when I'm in my time when I was there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know how many of them, but Frederick had a whole bunch of them. We had a bunch of athletes come out of there too. So I come from a good place. Yeah, I mean, how do you look at the way the league is covered these days? Because when you see something like the NFL draft and every and we just had the NBA draft uh, uh, this week, 
And when you see everyone presented as like the savior of the franchise before they before they ever have right. even played a game in the league, how does that sit with someone like you? That's a lot. That's a lot to put on a young man, you know. Before, especially at the pro level, because it's a whole different game when you get whether it's basketball or football or hockey or whatever it is you're playing. You know, you can have the physical ability. That's one thing. But the commitment and the mental toughness and the smarts that you got to have to be consistent, everybody can't hold on to that. Everybody doesn't have that. They got the physical part, but they don't have that one it thing. And that's all I can call it. That factor that, that you can't measure, but only in performance. And when they got that it factor in there, you can see it. You know, those would be the guys that be successful. How how long does it fairly determine someone? What what what's the fair amount of time for someone to realize they they can make it or the, or they can't make it? Well, I don't know. Everybody's got their own time frame. Depends on how old they are, how young they are, what kind of team you went you with, what do you have around you. I mean, there's not one player. I mean, the, the, football is the ultimate team sport, and that's just a matter of fact. That's just the way it is. I mean. You know, you can be a great player, but if you don't have any really good teammates around, I mean, you're not going to be able to showcase your talent. Or you won't last long because you'll be hurt. So uh, there's all kinds of things that factor into how, how, uh, how great a player can be. And, you know, you get some guys that get, you know, there's some teams that never been to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, there's a, and then tons of players that never been there, you know, or had that experience. And so, you know, you know, you, it's not always the, the best player physically. It's the overall player that's complete with that good physical ability, but that extra, extra thing mentally that'll take him to that next level to make you a great football team. And you can look at New England as a prime example. They had one or two real great players, but there's one thing that they had. They had players that came to play 100% 60 minutes. It's because and of their, every, because of their yeah, coaching. It, it's the coaching, it, right? You know, it, coaching has something to do with it, but it has to do with the type of player you bring in that understands that, that, that you know, 60 minutes of football has got to be your best football and it's got to be mistake free. Everybody can't do that, and and maintain that concentration level for sixty minutes, especially in a physical, physical game like like football. Chuck, the big news here uh, in April in Frederick was that Jordan Addison was selected by the Vikings of all teams mm -hmm. with the twenty third overall pick in the draft. Addison is the highest uh, draft choice from Frederick County since you in nineteen seventy three. Uh, what, what was your reaction when the when the Vikings took Addison? Well, actually, I, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I knew he was from Frederick and I, you know, I know he went to Pittsburgh and then went to USC. And I heard a lot of good things about him. Um, of course, from some of the people at the Vikings that were looking at him. Um, and, you know, and <clears throat> so I don't know a whole lot. Of course, I'm here in Minnesota, didn't watch him play. I hear about him about, about uh, when he played, went to Tuscarora, but um, you know, I after watching film on him and 
seeing him. I'm, I mean, I, I, I think he can do some big things here if he's ready to go when he gets here. Come from whatever, from what I hear, he's gonna be he's gonna be just fine. So if he stays healthy, I think he ought to make an impact this year. He's got certainly a great guy to line up with, and that's you know Justin Jefferson and some of the other guys they've gotten the tight end and wide receiver positions, and so he's got a great opportunity here to to do some great things. Have you had a chance to speak with him yet? No, not yet at all. Um, I've been kind of out of town doing what I do. And um, I haven't been, I usually get over to the Viking training camp, you know, when they get over there. And I know he was up here. I don't know if he's still up here or not, but I just got back to town not too long ago myself. So, um, but from what I'm hearing from over there, you know, they're excited to have him. Uh, the, the little you've seen of him on film, like what, what, what struck you about him? What, what do you think uh, of his think game? He, I think he runs a great pattern for sure. He stays, you know, he can get open, <laughs> you know, and so, and, you know, he can create space. I, I, those are two things. Those are things that I see that he can do. So, but here's the deal. <clears throat> this is the NFL. It's a whole lot different than college, college football. When they bring it, they bring it. So we'll see how he handles you know, the things that a wide receiver is going to have to handle when he comes across that middle. Yeah, is his size... I think it, it, you, you think he'll be fine. But is his size a concern at all? He's about six feet, 170 pounds. Well, that's that's good enough. I mean, as long as he stays... Here's the thing. As long as he's... He, we had a guy here named Anthony Carter. He was about six feet, six one, about 160 pounds. And he was a great, great receiver. So I have nothing... I don't worry about it. He's a great athlete. You know, um, he put in the work in. If he puts the work in, he's going to be just fine. Uh, I think he's in the right place at the right time with the right coaches. And now, you know, everything's in place for him to be all he can be. He's just got to go out there and do that. And you, me, and none of us can predict what that's going to be like. Only he can do that. And from what I understand, uh, from the people that I know that know him, I mean, I I don't think that'll be a problem whatsoever. And, and see, I knew some Addisons when I grew up, but I don't think he's that uh, part of that family. What what advice would you give him when you have a chance to speak with him? Hey, the NFL means not for long. So do what you got to do to prepare. Don't let any of the outside stuff come into your lane, stay focused on what you got to do and understand the reality of the fact that, you know, the NFL, you know, is a business and you got to treat it like a business. And so you got to have your body right, your mind right. And if anybody's around you that doesn't understand that, then you can have to walk away from them. And I'm sure he will. We were just talking a couple minutes ago about these draft uh, choices coming into the league, and what what are Vikings fans expecting from Madison, and is is it fair what they're <clears throat> expecting? Well, I think what they well being when you're the number one draft choice, they make they're expecting production. They're, they, they, that's not to say he's going to come in and be the greatest receiver in, in the NFL, but they 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 they're going to expect him to be 
Randy Moss like Justin Jefferson like he's the number one draft choice he's the wide receiver so does he have pressure yeah he's got a lot of it because he's playing a position where we've had a lot a lot of great receivers up here I can go on down down the line to, to tell you all about them but I don't have time to do it but yeah Chris Carter J Jake Reed Randy Moss I mean the list goes on you can go down I mean you can go all the way down from the time I got here the great receiver. So yeah, he's got some uh he he he's got to step in and do his thing the right way. How how cool is it, Chuck, that another Frederick Tonian uh, wound up playing for the Vikings? Well, I think it's great. You know, I you know, kind of 50 years later, but you know, we got another Frederick Tonian and hopefully he'll come up and um I'm sure when he gets here and I get the time I'll go meet him. But until that happens, I'm sure I'm sure he knows what to do. He's, he seems to be dialed in the right way um, as far as, you know, being a serious guy about his craft. And as long as he's, as long as he stays and maintains that, you know, I think he'll be just fine. I'm look, I'm excited to see him uh, come in and do some things. So when they, when I get a chance, I'll get over there to the Viking facility and see what's up. How are, how are things in general, sir? How, how's the health? I, I I know you travel around a good bit. Uh, you're involved with the team uh, uh, to, to some degree, and and you and you do some of this podcasting and radio stuff on your own, right? Oh yeah, I do. I got my own radio show. Do some TV. I do a little bit of all that, and then I I've got. I listen. I can't complain. I got a. I'm in a pretty good position as far as my life goes. I got some good people in my life, so. I'm uh, I'm very fortunate. How often do you get back to Frederick? Well, I haven't been back in a while, but uh, when I say a while, in a couple of years, you know, my parents, my mother passed away, so and then COVID came. So I, but you know, my, you know, I'll be back there this year sometime. Have you seen the new school, uh, Frederick High? Yes. No, I haven't. You have not I, seen I was the there when they were building it, but okay. I haven't been there since it's been finished. Yeah, I'm curious your reaction when 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 you step into the new school for the first time because it's 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 a great school, but but it's definitely not the school, the Frederick High that, that you that you attended. So yeah, well, yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I think not long ago you had an issue where I think your storage unit was was broken into and you had some uh, mementos from your playing career taken. I mean, we're talking like games. No, no, yeah. I didn't have anything. I hadn't. Nobody broke into my. Well, no, I, I well, just, well, what, what happened? Just, so set me straight again. There was just some stuff taken. Uh, I, you know, when I was playing and stuff like no man, nobody broke in my storage unit. Oh, I, I, I thought it was yeah, explained to me. There's a guy that there's, there's some stuff. Uh, I don't know how these people, when I was, uh, when I was moving, people were, some of the people, movers were, had taken some of my stuff, tried to sell it, but you know, it all, and then I've run into, like I found somebody came to me with one of my gameplay jerseys uh a few weeks ago i mean how these people got all my stuff i don't know but so yeah. so this happened to, i'm, I'm sorry i had it wrong it was during your move where some stuff was lost right yeah yeah some people stole some of my stuff but you know it all comes back but anyway like i said i got a jersey uh last yeah. week yeah, um, a, a nice lady. I, I saw. She, yeah, she, yeah, she was very she, nice she, to do that. She, she she wanted to give the jersey back to you, or she wanted an autograph until you informed her it was <laughs> she, your she jersey. She wanted me to autograph it, but then when she found out the circumstances, 
we we tri- we worked out a trade. Okay, because uh, because I was with you in 2019. You you came back to Frederick and you helped out with a football camp at the high school. Mm-hmm. It was the summer of 2019, so we're talking like right. four years ago. And, and you ran into the same thing where people. I, I think someone came up with your uh, your trophy, yeah, yeah. your 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 trophy. Came up with one of my jerseys. One, one of like... your jerseys. Is, is it, how surreal is that that people are presenting you with your own? Technically stolen yeah, stuff they, to, they, to they, autograph. They, come, they got my stuff, and I'm like, okay, now how did it happen? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I got <laughs> it. I got it bad. Okay. Oh, good. I I just wanted to make sure that the the thing that I mean, it's sort of a crazy thing to happen when someone's presenting mm-hmm. you with your own stuff to to, to autograph. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, hey, Chuck, I know you have a honeydew list uh, to get yeah. to. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. Enjoy your summer, right. sir. And, and let's let's find a time to catch up soon. And then let us I know when you well, well, let us know when you catch up with Jordan, because we're, we're curious what you guys I'll talked about. Call. All right. Thanks. Uh, th- thank you, Chuck. And uh, right, see you later. yep. And that'll do it uh, for us uh, this week here on The Final Score. Uh, thanks to uh, Graham Cullen uh, for producing the podcast every week. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks again for checking out the Final Score podcast.